Okay, welcome back to another episode of Spooky Movie Squad, the horror movie podcast that reviews the best and worst and everything in between in horror, one movie at a time. I am your host, Otis, and I am joined by Katie. Hi. Emma. You. Yeah. So, sit back and relax and enjoy our review <coughs> of Pet Cemetery. Sometimes, dead is better. That's actually a really good tagline. I fucking right? love that one. Hit that music. episode 222 of this awesome podcast and our last chapter sadly in Stephen King month so we were thinking of what the last one we wanted to do and there's been tons of novellas that turn into movies and stories that he did with his kids and um, I think in October we're gonna do Black Phone which was actually made by Owen King or the other one's been, I think. So one of the the King children made the wrote the movie Black Phone. So we're gonna do that. So I hundred percent believe that it'll be just genuine Stephen Kingish. Probably main character won't <laughs> survive because that's how Stephen King rolls. Uh, but no. So we were trying to figure out what movie we wanted to do, and we remembered that Pet Cemetery got itself a remake, and. I really enjoy, I don't know if I've actually told this story before, but I absolutely adore Pet Cemetery, and more so the first movie in 1989 than the 1983 book, and I believe I have a copy of it, but it might be an old busted up one, because I used to have the copy of the one with the, the cat's face on it, and it's like screeching, but it was mm-hmm. like a little paperback I had. But I don't know if it's in my collection. But yeah, anytime you catch Steve and I, and if we ever bring up Pet Cemetery or zombies or just <clears throat> Herman Munster, because he was the original Judd in in the first movie, uh, it's one line, and it's actually an episode of South Park that they make fun of Pet Cemetery, and he's like, "No, nah, no, nah, you don't want to go over there. You don't want to do this thing I'm going to tell you about. No, why would you do it?" Because you told me, Herman Munster, that you fucking told me if I bury my kid here, it'll come back. No, don't do it. No, you don't want to do that. That is better. So, Steve and I, we always giggle and joke about how Judd is just the absolute worst. Because he tells <laughs> he tells the grieving person what to do to make everything <laughs> even worse. So, we always joked about Pet Cemetery. So, yeah, even from the beginning, it's been one of my favorites. And I believe this is the... It's two books after Firestarter. So, Carrie, Salem's Lot, Shining, The Stand, The Dead Zone, Firestarter, Cujo, and Christine. So, this is the area of time where Stephen King, he was uh, he was doing a lot of substances. So, it's, it's around this area, but I believe he remembers writing Pet Cemetery, but it's around there... Because I remember him saying that he don't remember Cujo at all. <laughs> it just, it, there was just a book on the table. He's like, well, damn, look at that. So, <laughs> but no, Pet Cemetery, and I did a little bit of 
looking into the story of Pet Cemetery, and with all of his books, there's always some underlying realness to it, and it always makes sense. Just like with The Shining, where one of the kids walked in and just just knocked over all of his pages, and he was like, man, I just really want to sock my kid right then. And he's like, ooh, that'd be a good book. <laughs> so with Pet Cemetery. In 1979, he was a writer in residence at the University of Maine, and the house he was renting was right next to a major road where oncoming trucks were just speeding. Dogs and cats often were getting demolished by these trucks. And after his daughter's cat, named Church, (laughs) got killed by a truck on that road, he explained death to his daughter and buried the cat. And so... Three days later, he thought about it. And he's like, "Man, that would that be really fucked up if a family dealt with the same tragedies, but then the cat came back, but it was just wrong." And they're like, "Hey, you didn't die." And the cat's like, "Hello, hello, mother, hello, father." And like, "Yikes, mm-hmm. what's wrong with you?" <laughs> so, <laughs> and then he imagined what would happen if that kid's son got killed by a truck, and then he came up with the idea. He said it was kind of a retelling of the monkey's paw. So the original monkey's paw, it's two older parents and their kid goes out to war and they get this monkey's paw and they wish for like money and I can't remember what the problem was with the money and all these things. And then the the mother, you know, thinking about these wishes that they have, she wishes, well, she doesn't like poignantly look at the paw and say it, but she kind of passing says... Man, I wish I wish John was here. And then the the monk, the last finger goes down, and husband's like, he's been dead. And then they hear a knock at the door, and they just turn toward the door like, oh shit, it's a zombie. Yikes. And then the story ends, so we don't know what happens, but they got the sun back, hooray! So that's the whole, that's you know the building of this story. So <laughs> Stephen King has gone on record saying that of all the novels he's written. Pet Cemetery is one of the ones that's genuinely scared him the most. Because, like like I said, there's a lot of him in this story. Just like The Shining and probably... Oh, God, I'm trying to think of all of them. Which ones? I don't think he got attacked by a St. Bernard. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he might have. I don't know. He was chilling in a pinto with his kid. Right. And St. Bernard's like, I'm going to eat your face. But, <laughs> no, Pet Cemetery seemed like it was a lot of him. So... If you don't know anything about Pet Cemetery, past what I said, Herman Monster's not in this story. He's, he's, he's dead, but... I'm not going to lie, that would be very hard to watch that because of how funny Herman Munster is yeah. on the monsters. I would be like, y'all, this is too giggly, well, I can't. He was a cutie pie in the story. I love that Judd. John Lithgow did great, mm-hmm. but Judd's amazing. It's just... Just stupid. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, don't do that. He's like, a goober. Why'd you tell me, man? Right. <laughs> but the story of Pet Cemetery, it's a family that moves to Maine. It changes. Yes. Yeah, but they're in Maine now. But they come from different places. But mm. tragedy strikes on a very shitty road. And the dad gets shown a burial ground where things come back. But they don't come back right. And then just stupidity ensues. And then there's tons of people that come back. So that's the story. It's just a a dad trying to keep everything together with very dubious means. So (laughs) there's a lot to it. The the, 2019 version 
changes a lot of things, and it changed some things for the better, actually. When I was sitting down watching it, I was like, okay, this is going to happen, this is going to happen. I was like, oh, you caught me off guard, you son of a bitch. But I I don't know about the ending. I didn't really like it, but, you know. So there's a very much a divergence with the book and the original movie. There's a big change. A couple of characters change colors, which is fine with me. I don't care about that. But they changed their importance. And I was like, why the fuck were you here, Mr. Ghost? You did nothing. But, well, what do I know? I didn't read the book. But, <laughs> uh, Katie, what did you think about the 2019 version of Pet Cemetery? Um, <clears throat> I, I don't know if I'm a fan of the story so much. Um, just as a whole, the idea of, like, bringing back things that shouldn't be brought back is a lot and mm-hmm. just don't do that um but i mean i guess that kind of comes from you know as many as prevalent as zombie culture is currently in our yeah. society and knowledge of zombies pretty much everyone our age is like mm, put it back put yeah. that thing back where it came from so help me oh. <laughs> <laughs> and see yes uh so the story kind of bugged me a lot just because the the parent was just like, yeah, it died. Cool, bring it back. Like, or don't. Like, yeah. it's just a lot. Um, and because of that, the character, the dad, really bugged me a lot in different mm-hmm. parts of it. Um, but I did like the twist that they changed, like, some stuff that they changed from the older version, because you have told me many times about the older version. Uh, and the suspense leading up to oh yeah the deaths those ten minutes were wild uh, <laughs> were wild and the I don't know if it's in the book at all but the ask. the added trauma the mom's trauma with her sister a little bit it wasn't um, as that was that was, was suspenseful <laughs> as hell it wasn't yeah. as crazy uh, as and this. and that was probably the scariest part like this movie is not like a jump out at you type scary um it's just kind of creepy it's uncomfortable when you mess with shit that shouldn't be messed with yeah yeah it's it's uncomfortable but um yeah it was good Uh, the whole time i was watching it um i couldn't help but like my nanny instincts kick in and like mm-hmm. why is no one watching this kid why is why are your eyes over here why do you not have this protection and this protection and this protection in your house around your house so why are you just yeah. letting your kid wander off to random creepy old dude's house that lives next door like there were a lot of red flags about their parenting that was happening in this movie that was bugging the fuck out of me yeah. um and i'm sure that that helped reasons i didn't like the story but I think overall the movie was really good um like you said um John Lithgow was fucking great in Mm -hmm. it yeah no he did did good I liked him a lot Uh, it's hard to go wrong with John Lithgow yeah right it's uh yeah I haven't been able to watch John Lithgow in like a decade because of Dexter (laughs) yup um that shit that shit fucks me up that was some of the best John Lithgow oh he was incredible but also horrific so we've watched a lot in the three seasons of this podcast yeah and John Lithgow's Trinity Killer is still far more terrifying yeah than 90% of what we've watched yeah Well, I'd argue that TV shows, like, scary TV shows are 
way, way worse than uh-huh. any of the movies we watch because they have the ability to lengthen. Oh yeah, you get the more. scare oh, yeah. time. They draw that shit out. Yeah, they make but, you like them first. Yeah, yeah uh, we're getting like two. But hours I haven't. But I haven't hour. enjoyed. I haven't been able to enjoy John Lithgow in a really long time because <laughs> he's just. Right. My brain is like, oh god, he's gonna murder everyone. Right. Um and. <laughs> For the first few minutes of this movie, my brain was that too. Like, yeah. As they, the first time the little girl meets him, I was like, "Get away from him! He's gonna kill Safe. you." But <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's like helping her bee sting. I was like, oh. "Yeah!" I was like, "Don't go away, go away, go away." Uh, but, but um, he does a really great job of just being this like holy sweet old man um and it was really nice to see yeah. because that's the john lithgow that i grew up with well the, that's like, the that's the, nice, the third rock from the yeah the goofball, the goofball john nice co- comedian yeah. like john lithgow that's my favorite john lithgow oh, yeah. not the scary like gonna murder your wife and kid john lithgow yeah, no thanks. <laughs> i'll pass on that one emma what do you think also, yes, I did enjoy it. I know nothing about the book because, as I've mentioned this month, I have never read Stephen King. Um, I now have a desire to read Stephen yeah. King. This one's not a bad this, book. But it's not a bad book. No, I I enjoyed the movie. It was very problematic. <laughs> there were a lot of moments as a parent that kind of... I, I feel like Brian from Family Guy right now when he finds out he has a son and he's like, oh... Oh my god, I would never. But, no, I was totally Brian the whole time watching this movie because I was like, bruh, your husband is blindfolded. You're not doing anything. Yeah. Why? (laughs) There's 19 other parents at this. God bless. I know. But I I just, so many problematic moments, but the, the movie was good. It was very good. The ending made me upset. It was very abrupt. And I felt very unfinished with it. The ending made me mad. Yes. It was not... Mm, Heartbroken? A lot. Sad? Yes. I don't don't know. I was feeling a lot of feelings. I was all up in the feels. But yes. So, I liked it. Yeah. Bottom line. It was it was a good movie, just like we've said, problematic and had its moments. So it, it's funny whenever we check out remakes and stuff, and if I've never seen it before, I try my best, and sometimes I can't help it because my mind's always moving. But I try my best not to just look at every step it's taking, and be like, mm-hmm. oh, that's the same thing, that's the same thing, that's the same thing. But I caught myself doing it with this movie, and you can attest to Katie like the second that Judd said sometimes dead is better I was like well this movie's about to get stupid after this point because (laughs) that's that's the point in the book where it's just like it's about to get wild but there were moments that caught me off guard and I was like fuck you got me I was expecting these things to happen but it didn't now the the ending I guess it's more of a more modern idea but I don't know I'm curious what Stephen King thought of the ending of the movie because it doesn't really feel like a full-length book ending for him. Now, if Pet Cemetery was a short story, absolutely. This movie ending, that's probably what he would have gone with because it's, it's very much not a, an ending. It's just like, 
see you guys later. You know, it's like a kind of a to-be-continued kind of thing with the movie ending. But mm-hmm. the book has a pretty definite kind of ending. It's like, oh, okay. Okay. I get it. So, but no, it wasn't that bad. It wasn't that bad, honestly. Compared to the 89 version, the movie. I mean, like I said, there are a couple of people. Uh, Gage, the kid, uh, it's, was a Miko Hughes. He was in a ton of things. He was in what, uh, what's the Arnold Schwarzenegger movie? Kindergarten Cop. He was the one that said, boys have penises, girls have vaginas. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. He was Gage, and Gage was all... He was from... Uh, I remember him first from Full House. Yeah. yeah. I think Spawn. I saw him in Full House yeah. first, and then in... Uh, he was in a ton of things, because he's a cutie pie. But yeah, like... Precocious. Yeah. Right. When I think of Pet Cemetery, I always picture him, like, with his pale face, with a scalpel in his hand, going, trying, getting ready to stab people up and slice things off of people. So... I don't know the 89 film I laugh a lot but I just remember that movie a lot I watched the fuck out of it so like I don't know a good amalgamation of both of these just like with Firestarter a good amalgamation of characters and how they act in different ones would make this make this super ultimate combined movie even better if they I don't know Warp Digi evolved into each other. Yeah. Like I don't know which Judd I'd want I just love Herman Monster so I guess I'd go with him but, like, Pascal, those are fucking ghosts for Victor. The, the older one's way better. The book is way better than this one, so. But no, it, it wasn't bad. I would give this a shot. And I want to say, is this Blumhouse? I believe they helped with this movie. Um, I liked it. Oh, there's one thing, and it's kind of part of my seven words, but Jesus, the fucking volume. I don't know if you had an issue with the volume in the in the movie? What, where the words were one volume and everything else was... Yeah. Like, yep. Okay. So, that was just the... <laughs> there was a lot of squelching. I literally cannot fucking stand all of the sound mixers in Hollywood right now. Yes. You are all bad at your jobs. <laughs> Every single one of you should get fired from the profession because the sound mixing quality of Every movie I have seen lately has been absolute trash. There is no reason why the dialogue should be, and then we did this, and there was a thing. And then everything else is like this! Why? 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 I what can't the put fuck? my remote down. Because I'm all the way up, and then something blows up, and I'm all the way down. Yeah. All the way up, and then all the yeah. way down. Yes, subtitles are great, but I should be able to watch a movie without subtitles... And still be able to hear everything that's happening. Mm-hmm. All the dialogue should be able to be heard. Yeah. Fix your shit, Hollywood. And I know when... goddamn outrageous. I know in horror movies, that's a very easy, the easy route to make something scary. Because if you turn the volume down on talking, everyone's a little bit quieter. You have to concentrate more to hear what they're saying. And then that's when the cat goes by and you're like, shit, because... Less of your brain is concentrating on getting ready for the scare. Mm-hmm. A lot of old movies would do this and a lot of things, but good scary movies have gotten better. And they don't have to, hey, turn the volume down to one right here mm-hmm. and then jack it up to 40 yeah. when the thing jumps out. So, And even if you're trying to be, like, to make volume be a scary thing, you don't need to go that low. 
Like, Mm -hmm. it's not like the scare is dependent on how fucking quiet you can make the volume. Mm -hmm. Like, not every movie is the quiet place, okay? I don't need to be, like, just in complete silence while I watch the rest of this film for the scary moments to be scary, okay? Come on, guys. (laughs) It's so bad. Mm -hmm. We literally had this on our TV, and we have, like, a decent sound system attached to our TV. It's really good. And we had to crank that shit up to like 75 when it's usually on like 15 for normal yeah. mm-hmm. normal things. Like Katie goes to bed, 20 is way too loud and I'm down at like 7 to listen. To yeah, when yeah, when people are in the, when people are going to sleep, our shit's down low. But normal television when we're both awake and watching it, it's like at 15. And we this shit was at 75 because we could not hear what the fuck these people were saying because they Same. were just like whispering into the thing. Yeah. yeah. It was, Come on, It was guys. pretty rough, but yeah, I, I assume whoever was doing the sound, they're like, oh, this is going to be great, man. When the things jump out, people are going to freak the fuck out. But like I said, it's a cheap way to do it, so. So we'll get through the story and I'll go over differences when they pop up. Uh, usually it's certain characters get more shine, so I'll just bring that up like that. So, Lewis Creed, he's an ER doctor from Boston. And I want to say in the original book, I want to say he's from Chicago. Uh, one sec, let me look it up real quick just to make sure. Yes, he is from Chicago <laughs> in the book. I don't know why he needed to be from Boston. The The actor that plays Lewis, he's Australian, so it don't really matter, but what do I know? So they moved to the small town of Ludlow, Maine. It is... Well, what was it, 60 miles away, 100 miles away from from Derry? It was like 20 miles away. It was mm-hmm. super close. Okay. Right outside of Derry. Yeah, not that far from Derry. Murder so. clowns. So you know what I mean? Like, Maine is just full of creepy shit the closer you get to Derry and actually Castle Rock. So all of that's pretty close to each other. So he has his wife, Rachel, and her two young children, Ellie and Gage. Oh, no. <laughs> and their pet cat, Winston Churchill. They call him Church. So, when the movie starts, we see Ellie, Rachel and Ellie, they see a, perf- a funeral procession of kids taking a dead dog to a cemetery. And, you know, the mom explains a little bit about death at this point and stuff to Ellie, but Ellie goes to the cemetery and checks out some of the kids and stuff. And while that's happening, Lewis, he is, his, what, it's his first day at the university hospital? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And oh lordy lordy, Victor Pascal, he was a student that got struck by a vehicle and dragged for a little bit. So part of his head is just uh, mowed off. And so in the original story, the original movie, he, he's white. And in this one, he's a black guy. Like I said, that changes nothing. He's, he's a corpse that likes to talk to Lewis after this. And so mm. after this, Victor... In a dream, Victor leads Lewis to the cemetery in his gigantic, I don't know how many fucking acre lot. Their that, lot was 50 acres. Good God, that's absurd. He, John Lithgow literally said farther than you'd care to go. Jeez, yeah. that's so stupid. Like, that's, that's too much. Yeah. So he take oh, well, like one acre is too much. Like, no, but. Yeah. Unless you are a fucking farmer with crops and crops and crops on crops, you do not need more than, like, an acre. Yeah. 
There's no need. There, that's so much fucking space. Yeah. So Victor leads Lewis in this dream to the cemetery, and he tells him, don't go any further than this. It, I, I don't understand when you're warning somebody to do something, because I know me. If Katie's spirit floated down and was like, don't go around this corner, I'd be like, why? And she's like, just because. I'm like, I can't. I have, like, a mirror around the corner. I have to know what's around there, because the thing might come out and get me. Is it a monster? Is it a people? Is it a turtle? I need to know. Tell me, hey, there's a big old furry monster around that corner. It's going to jump you. Thank you. Now I'm going to go around this corner with a gun. But, you know, spirits can't tell you the full sentence, because, I don't know, you wouldn't believe them, I guess? So Victor tells Lewis, don't go past this part of the cemetery. Don't climb over this giant wall of sticks and shit like someone tried to block out something do not go past this and Lewis wakes up and he's like wow what a horrible nightmare and he looks at his feet and they're caked in mud so he's like oh shit I think I walked actually out to the cemetery and he's like that's really fucking creepy Mm-mm. yeah he like hides his feet from people if I saw it I'm like Katie what the fuck is this you know you know where you wouldn't catch me <laughs> daylight or not daylight in the middle of that fucking woods yeah <laughs> in the woods. So, so uh, period. Around this time, uh, Ellie, yeah, Ellie meets Judd, and so she goes to the cemetery, and then she sees the giant wall like everybody else. I assume in the book, the entity, the thing behind the wall of sticks, actually wants people to get closer to it. So it it does have like an intoxicating effect on people. In the book, they explain it a lot more because Lewis, he actually justifies a lot of things in his head. And he's like, well, maybe if I bury the person a little bit faster, they won't come back bad. But I think that's what they were going for in this story. Because everybody starts climbing, starts wanting to look behind it. And they're like, well, what's back there? I want to see. Mm-hmm. And Ellie falls and she, there's a lot of dead things on this wall. And she gets stung by a bee. And then, oh, God, it's John Lithgow. Oh, it's nice, John Lithgow. Hooray. And takes the little stinger out and talks to Ellie. And they become really good friends. And it's really cute. And he's got a soft spot for her because, you know, he's by himself. And he lost his dog and buried his dog in the cemetery and stuff like that. And she's like, well, what's over there? And he's Biffer. Like, yeah. This dog, <laughs> Biffer. What, what a great old-timey name for a dog. I'd have been like, my da- dog's name is Dog. <laughs> my grandma had a cat once that she named Cat because she hated it. She didn't want it there, but it wouldn't that leave is, her house. That is not the first time I've heard people <laughs> yeah. give a cat a shitty name because they hated the cat. And they're like, it just won't leave and it won't die. So it's yeah. just like poop. It showed up on her porch and then she kept it. So she just named it Cat. <laughs> cat on the porch, arms out. What up? Right. <laughs> Go away. No. <laughs> I will not. Yeah, this is my house now. So... Uh, Judd and Ellie, they, they're best friends. And then Lewis, he becomes friends with Judd because, you know, he's got beers and stuff. And he's a really cool old guy. Unfortunately, Church, he gets struck by a truck. And in this world, trucks have the most awesome engines. They're like Priuses. But the second they get like a foot away from you, they're the loudest, fastest thing ever. So... Kudos to those trucks, man, because you can sneak up on somebody Again, and kill them so fast. sound mixing is a <laughs> fucking problem. You can hear semi-trucks from like a mile away. Not sneak up on you like Priuses, and then only when they're in front of your house do they make a sound. 
Get the yeah. fuck out of here. Yeah, it was absurd. And it happens multiple times to scare you because it's like nothing. And then, loud drugs are out. I'm like, God damn it, man. Yeah. So, <laughs> Judd sees that Lewis is, he's hurting because the cat's dead, which means Ellie's upset. And Judd, with his infinite wisdom, is like, hey, do you, do you want to spare your daughter, you know, the tragedy of, of losing something? And he's like, yeah, man, if I could do that, I love her. That's my daughter. And he's like, well, come with me. <laughs> and he takes him past the wall of sticks and tells Lewis to bury his cat in a specific spot. And he has to do it himself and all these things. And he tells him that there was a Native American tribe that lived in that area but the area scared them, and so they left. Because of the Wendigos. Yes. So in the book, it's a little different. It's a tribe, but it's just a burial ground. And so, hey, we've seen tons of movies where Indian burial grounds fuck things up later. Hey, like Poltergeist, don't do things on a burial ground <laughs> of, of bodies, you know, vengeful people. So that's kind of the big difference. They're like, no, it's something was here was scary and they left. I'm like, man, okay, I guess. I just, you know, <laughs> Stephen King's just like, it's it, you shouldn't fuck around with this area. And I like that definition. It's just easier. But, you know, they want to have a window go there. So I was fine with that. And he tells them the cat will come back. Thumbs up. Ellie will be happy. Uh, the church comes back and he is just caked in blood and stinks and his gaze is just a little off and Ellie's like hey you came back church man you stink ha 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 and they run off and church is mean he, he kills animals and just eats a little bit and just leaves it the fact that that cat was still cat shaped mm-hmm. after being hit by a semi especially the biggest problem of this whole movie <laughs> well especially how they found church yeah like on the and side of how, the road how yeah. Lewis was describing that church was like twisted. Yeah. And then that they cat carried would that would be flat as fuck. Like yeah. there's not They carried that cat in a fucking garbage bag. Yeah. Like they're they're no. <laughs> no. <laughs> so Lewis, uh, after trying to get some sexy time with his wife, church is just sitting there eating a bird, like, oh, don't mind me. An alive bird. Yeah, keep going, keep going. I'm just eating my bird. <laughs> and they're like, what's wrong with this goddamn cat? So Cat he, sitting there, lick, lick. Yeah. Ooh. It's great. <laughs> so Lewis talks to Judd. He's like, what the fuck happened with this burial ground? Because church was dead. And he's like, this area, things come back. If you bury it there, they come back. And I really, really hoped in all the hearts of hearts, that church wouldn't come back wrong because people have buried people and animals there and they come back bad and they have to kill them again so i was hoping i was fingers crossed this time that your cat wasn't going to be one of those kind of things and he talks about and i want to say in the book it happens too they talk about some dude got buried there and he came back and he knew secrets about everybody in town and was running around just spilling secrets and trying to hurt people Yikes. and then they chased him back to his home and then the people of the town burnt the house down with the guy in it. And it's like, fuck, you're the devil, sir. <laughs> We're going to burn you. So everyone knows that that area, you don't bury people there. So Judd's like, yeah, I fucked up showing you that, but I was hoping your cat wouldn't come back bad. Oops. I'm sorry. Right. <laughs> Whoopsie. 
So this is a big problem in this movie too, um, and I assume also in the book. Yeah, is the parents, the dad's hesitation in wanting to teach his daughter about death. Like there, the parents have an argument bef- right before this happens. Like when the before the cat revives itself or is revived. They have this long explanation, long argument about whether or not to tell the little girl who loves this cat a ton about the cat's death. And the mom is like, yeah, like, I dealt with death. Like, my sister died. And she goes in this whole explanation about how her sister died when she was young. And, like, it was traumatic. But the way that her sister died was a traumatic death. Yeah, like, pretty wild. Like, it was a wild thing. But she, you know kept going like it was important for me to know about what death was and that life wasn't forever and the dad because he works in a hospital is just like trying to shield his daughter from i don't know no one is gonna see as much death as you are person who works in a hospital like unless you work in a crematorium or a cemetery like you're not seeing as much death as doctors do so like i don't know i hate the idea the dad was like oh she's 10 or nine, she's not old enough to know about death. I'm like, no. Just tell her the cat ran away. No, you should be teaching your kids about loss as early as possible. Like, as as early as necessary. Yeah, but just the idea that the dad doesn't think his kid can handle it. Like, little kids can handle so much. Like, your toddler could handle death if you explain mm-hmm. it to them in the right way. Like, well, he sees the shit on the ground all the time. Yeah, it was just a mess. Like, I don't know. I feel like as a doctor, you would know that kids could handle that. Even if you're not a pediatrician. Like, you, you're, the schooling that you went through should have taught you how much, like, what children can handle. Yeah. And like, it's... your kid can handle the death of their aunt, their cat. Okay? Mm-hmm. I promise you they can. It's a way of life, and they should learn it. It happens. When it yeah. happens. Same thing with goldfish and dogs and oh, yeah. bunnies and whatever the fuck. Don't make up some bullshit about it went to a farm in the sky or whatever Don't the fuck. Don't buy a new goldfish and hide that from your kid. Let your kid be a part of it. Like, yeah. That's, let them that's have, how they process. Let them have a funeral. Let them do whatever they need to do to help them get over it, okay? Don't just like, oh, there's a way I could bring back the zombie cat? Cool, let's do that instead. That sounds mm-hmm. much better. No, you're fucking dumb, bro. Right, zombie was not warning enough. So, Judd explains to Lewis that, and Emma brought up earlier, that a Wendigo, like, lives in this area, and it's like an evil spirit, I suppose. I don't think it's a physical thing in this version. It wasn't a physical thing in the other one, it's just, it was just an evil presence around. And so, if you don't know anything about a Wendigo, you should play... Until Dawn, and it's a choose-your-own-adventure kind of game with tons of famous people getting murderlated. And so <laughs> they are in, I don't think they're in Alaska, they're somewhere very, somewhere very cold, and they deal with a pack of Wendigos. So, because Wendigos invoke feelings of greed and hunger, it's all about cannibalism, usually. And I know in the book there's a couple of spots where some of the bad guys do eat people a little bit so but no wendigos that's how they spread when someone's just a piece of shit like the evil just spreads to them and they turn to a wendigo so in in that game until dawn you do a lot of fighting on wendigos and stuff and it's really hard to keep everybody alive so 
I thought that was pretty cool that they bring up Wendigos because in movies and books and shows for sure now we've dealt with tons of Wendigos and they're kind of different so so like I said Judd tells him like my bad the cat's kind of fucked up I'm, I'm sorry you're probably gonna have to kill that cat at some point and so you know so Char- does he tell the story of his dad with their dog yeah how he tried to do the thing with their dog, and then he had to kill him Yeah, again. put him down again. And it's funny. Some people try to justify it like, oh, the dog probably had, like, rabies or something. Like, oh, there wasn't rabies. It was a crazy zombie dog. But <laughs> <laughs> after church attacks Gage, oh, no, can't scratch fever. You could really lose your arm like that, dude. Uh, Katie laughed because the way, the claw marks were, like, ridiculous. Like a, like a, a TV show cat scratch you know it's like three long mm-hmm. I get scratched by my cat all the time because I fuck with her I don't get three slices on my arm I get one one good one and the other ones are just kind of like there well and even if you get a scratch they're like light as hell like cat scratches even with the best intentions don't make you bleed immediately like these scratches on his arms those were like lion claw scratches yeah. like that cat was on some shit. Well, this cat's powered by evil, so oh, maybe his scratches are better. So, Lewis, he he tries to kill the, the evil cat, but he, he can't. I would. Like, you ain't right, Bella. I'm sorry. <laughs> but I kill the cat. I'm like, you crazy. So, he decides to set the cat free a couple of miles away. Because surely the evil cat, powered by a Wendigo, can't find its way back home. Surely. It's going to just be out in the woods and live its days. So, at the birthday party. So, mm-hmm, this, is, this is the point. This is the, <laughs> the fatal deviation. The, <laughs> quoting a Irish kung fu movie. The fatal deviation of this point. At a birthday party, Ellie, she sees Church in the middle of the road walking back home. He's like, I'm so pissed at your dad. And Ellie's like, oh my God, Church, you're here. At this point... The movie does does a little bit of a flip. And so I'll say it now. In the book and the 89 version of the movie, Gage is the one that gets hit by a truck. Well, and they allude to that a lot in this movie, that that's going to happen. Because they're at this birthday party and the kids are playing like a hide-and-seek. And both the sister and Gage end up right next to the road. Like, while they're, quote, hiding. Yeah. So in this one, Lewis takes off his blindfold and runs out to the street and grabs Gage and actually saves his life. And unfortunately, the truck hits its brakes and then the the hitch on the truck snaps off and then the, the payload that it's carrying, I guess it's like a gas truck, grinds and smashes into Ellie. So like I said, this is the deviation. Ellie dies in this version. The only thing I can think of is... It's harder to have a little kid be evil and stab people. I will say, in the 89 version, we had like a little five-year-old just doing a scary face with a scalpel. But, man, fucked up her monster. Spoilers. So, <laughs> I mean, Gage is out there doing work as a little kid. But I, they assume that we can have this older kid easily be more evil and scary and don't have to worry about trying to get a little kid to be scary. So I, I get it. I understand it. Like I said, it was a big old trick. 
So at this point, the family there are all types of fucked up. Very understandably, you know, the kid fucking died <laughs> on the road. So Rachel and Gage, they spend a few days with Rachel's parents. I should reverse a little bit. This whole time, Rachel has been dealing with nightmares, like waking dreams of her sister. So her sister had spinal meningitis and was super fucked up. And uh, the parents actually left her in charge of her sister one night. And they had this dummy waiter. And so dummy waiter, I always wanted one as a kid, but scary kind of. And she sent the food up in the dummy waiter instead of going to see her sister because her sister, and this was in the book too, scary as fuck looking. And so a little kid's like, I'm sorry, you're my sister and shit, but you're terrifying this for me to see. I'm sorry, I'm scared of you. And the sister limps over to the dummy waiter to get the food and then falls in and dies. And so Rachel has been dealing with the guilt. Sis, yeah, I guess the guilt made into real form because she's been dealing with images of her sister popping up in places. She's haunted by the guilt. Yes. And I don't know if that's the Wendigo fucking with her because I assume she's been dealing with this for a long time. It's just we get to see what she's dealing with. And it's just like, because it came out of nowhere. I was like, I don't think that's the evil thing doing that. I think that's just her dealing with her sister dying. I think it was the way that the house was built. It was reminding her too much of the house yeah. that she grew up in mm-hmm. when she was when she had to take care of her sister, yeah. and like the new house. I think the thing that triggered it was the fact that the new house had a dummy waiter in yeah. it, and she was like, "Oh no, this is like bad juju. I don't want to be around anything that has a dummy waiter. I don't want to see it. Like mm-hmm. I'm having flashbacks to when I opened the dummy waiter and my 16 year old sister was curled up in a tiny emaciated ball and dead like this is a lot yeah so she's dealing with that at the same time so Rachel and Gage they spend time out of town at Rachel's parents and so (laughs) Judd knows Lewis is going to bury his daughter at the cemetery he knows he's gonna fucking do it and he sits him down and he's like dude I know you're hurting and I I feel bad for showing you this place but sometimes dead is better. Don't do this, dude. <laughs> Seriously, don't do this. And he takes a sip of his drink. Oh no, Lewis drugged his ass, and and Judd takes takes him a good old nappy nap in his chair, and Lewis buries his daughter in the cemetery. And that that whole thing was really hard to watch. Yeah, yeah. Oh, sorry. He did bury his daughter, but he had to unbury her from the cemetery and then take her body over there and buries her and she comes back from the dead and she is not the same and Lewis is like damn she ain't ain't the same her eyes one was like a little off and just the way she talked didn't seem like a little kid all her veins were popping out yeah and she kept getting out of clean clothes and going back to the dress she was buried in and she was just not a good person but like i said love makes you ignore a lot of weird weird shit so um at this point in the story rachel uh she's still seeing visions of her dead sister zelda and gage actually sees the ghosts of victor so at this point in the movie victor's popped up a couple times to the kids doesn't really say anything or he's talking to somebody that can't really convey what he's saying in the book he talks to ellie and says hey, your dad's about to do some dumb shit in town. And Ellie 
brings this nightmare up to her mom and races back to town and Judd's like, oh no, don't come back. I'll take care of this. He doesn't. So, <laughs> yeah. So, I don't get why they had the ghost try to talk to the kid that can't really talk that well. Uh, he drew pictures of the dead guy and they're like, who the fuck is this guy? He's like, oh, that's, a, that's the kid that Gage sees or the dude that Gage sees in his dreams. Like, that's really fucking creepy. Like I said, he did more in the book and the movie, but this version, I guess they didn't need a dead ghost just telling him to quit it. Yeah. <laughs> he was always around, but he didn't do much. So Hey, quit it. Hey, so quit it. Judd wakes up, oh no, and he sees Ellie in the house dancing, just you know, dancing in the street. And so Judd's like, oh shit, he did it. And he goes back home to pick up his pistola, because he's <laughs> going to destroy. He's like, well... He ain't gonna do it. I'm a killer. And at this point, like I said, everything starts falling apart. Judd sees church. And he's like, oh shit, the cat. And in the house, he hears a lot of sounds. And he goes up to the the bedroom. In the original story, as he is by one of the beds or couches, you see this little fake little kid hand come out with a scalpel. And slices Achilles' tendon, and he goes down. And cool. then and then Gage is like, and slices him up, and then bites his throat and kills him. That's how he dies. So, in this version, and it's funny, right when he got to the bed, he turns, and I was like, here we go. And nothing happened. And I was like, you sons of bitches. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it, I, I assume everybody in the theater was breath. like, here we go. He's going to get his shit cut. He is heading down the stairs. Slice on the stairs and he goes down. He's like, oh my god. And then he uses Judd's wife's voice and starts talking to him and just saying terrible things. Like I said, the Wendigo knows secrets or is just making up stuff and it makes people feel shitty right before they die. And I know, I'm a scary puppy, I know. <laughs> and then gets vicious, viciously stabbed to death. And like I said in the book, Gage stabs him a few times and then bites his throat and kills him and then eats him, I guess. Oh, eats pieces Yikes. of him. So, Rachel and Gage, they make it home and Gage, oh, yeah, later. They they see Ellie and Rachel's like, that's not my daughter. She died. And then Ellie's like, I knew she, she didn't want to be a family with us, dad. And Ellie's like, you know, she, she runs off. Well, Rachel runs off with Gage to upstairs bedroom and Ellie pissed off because her mom's like you ain't my, my kid anymore attacks Rachel and they start fighting and Lewis finds Judd's body all fucked up and Lewis gets home and he's at the front door and Rachel drops Gage out the window and Lewis catches his kid and then Ellie stabs the ever living shit out of Rachel and as she's sitting down bleeding out you know Ellie's like could have just been my mom and we could have been a happy family and she's like you're not my fucking kid my kid's dead yeah. and it's like well you're dead too and stabs her again and then dies and at this point uh, Lewis he locks Gage in the car so you know no one can get to a baby in a locked car I guess but gets up to Rachel's body she's not dead dead and tells Lewis do not bury me in that cemetery do, don't do it, bro. Please. <laughs> and Ellie knocks Lewis out and then drags the mom's body to the burial ground. And, yeah, and then Lewis wakes up 
and runs to the cemetery. Ellie fights Lewis at the cemetery, and, you know, it's like a little kid, so, I mean, he gets fucked up at first, but then knocks Ellie down to the ground and is going to decapitate her with a shovel. Hey, just like Evil Dead 2 in other movies. And then, oh no, he gets impaled from behind. Rachel woke up. Hooray, I guess? For, for the bad people, hooray. Dwenda goes like, yes, you woke up. And kills Lewis. So Ellie and Rachel bury Lewis. And then the whole family wakes up. And then they set fire to Judd's house. And then they walk up to the car where Gage is just sitting looking at it. He's like, hey, look at my family. They look weird. And then you hear the door do the unlock sound. And then the movie ends. So they're not gonna, a fan. They're gonna kill Gage and then bury him and then have the perfect family again. So I mean, that's what it seems like from the opening yeah. scene with the car door open. Yeah, it bloody. did a full circle. Yeah, it really does yes. seem like that. And there's just little. Yeah, there's extra blood and then like footmarks. So we get to see the absolute end of the movie at the beginning. So yeah, they they got to Gage and killed him. So. There is an alternate ending to the story. So, Lewis, he spares Ellie instead of trying to kill her. And then they both bury Rachel at the cemetery. And then he says that, like, we'll be a family. We'll be together forever. Like, don't worry about this. And then Lewis and Ellie, they walk up to the car where Gage is. And in the house, Ellie, church, and newly revived Rachel reunite with Lewis and he's very unhappy about all of this because he's like fuck man my family's dead and then Gage is like oh shit they're weird and he starts crying and so hooray they're a family again so uh, the ending of the book so like I said it changes Lewis meets up with Gage little scalpel Gage and hits him with a overdose on morphine and it's nice. funny in the movie he hits him with the shot and Gage says, no fair, because <laughs> he's, uh-huh. he's got long arms and drugs, and he uh-huh. dies. <laughs> and then he hits Church with the morphine, too. So everybody's dead, hooray. And Rachel's dead, too. And so he is sitting in his kitchen, thinking about what he's going to do next. And then he says, well, maybe, maybe it'll work out this time. And he's playing solitaire, and then he hears the door open behind him, and he hears his wife's voice so when we meet up with him, he already buried his wife in the cemetery, hoping she would come back normal. Nope, she grabs a knife and you just hear him scream. So she killed his ass. In the yes. book, it's around the same situation. He actually gets seen going to the cemetery by somebody, and that person sees him walking, and then the spirit almost makes him want to help Lewis bury the body. Something inside of him is like, I should help him. And he's like, what the fuck? No. And he runs away because he's like, something made me want to go over there and help Lewis. So uh, the old movie and the book kind of in the same way. Lewis is just like, well, I lost everything. Let me try to see. And he actually tries to justify it in the book. He says, I waited a little too long to bury Gage. Maybe if I bury Rachel faster, she won't come back bad. And that's his shitty justification of trying to bury his wife at the burial ground. But she comes back bad because it's a bad place. Yeah. When yeah. he said that at the in the movie, he said something like that to... What about the girl? Yeah. I think he said that when he buried the little girl. And I was like, 
But you buried that cat like minutes after it happened and you had a full ass funeral for this little girl and then went and dug her up from the cemetery and then buried her. Like you waited even longer. Of course some wild shit was going to happen, bro. Yeah. So, Katie, who was your favorite character in Pet Cemetery? I literally wrote the mom, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> um, I didn't really have a favorite. Maybe the little baby cuz he didn't do shit. He was yeah, just like Gage was just there. Gage was just a little kid. Like he was just a little tiny baby. Uh and no one was paying attention to him cuz they were bad parents and bad people. Um so I changed my answer. The little kid. Yeah. Gage. The littlest baby. Gage was there. Gage. He's my favorite. He's nice. so cute. Emma. I wrote Judd Ish. <laughs> yep. Mm-hmm. Just because he's I don't know. John Lithgow really killed that role. So, I don't know. You just get a soft spot for Judd, and then you're like, oh, you're really dumb. Okay. (laughs) Cool. Great. But, no, I did like the part where at the party in the background, you can hear him talking about a St. Bernard that was fucking a bunch of people up. And I'm like, hey, okay, Cujo. Yeah, so that happened. (laughs) But, yeah. No. Judd, I guess. Also, the little boy did nothing, so he had no chance to upset me. Yeah. But oh, he was Judd, just, for just sure. Just a cute kid. Yeah. yeah. So I wrote Judd, but then I didn't put the question mark in it, but there is an invisible question mark mm-hmm. there. Like I said, Judd's character is just here to push the story along to dumb heights. Just like in the original, Herman Munster was like, don't do that, even though I told you how to do it. Exactly. Don't Don't do it. I'm like, bitch, I'm going to do it. You know I'm going to do it. <laughs> and I'm going to drug you so you won't stop me. <laughs> um, but no, Herman Monster, he tries his best. He heads back home so he can try to kill these things. He's like, I know Lewis can't do it. I'm going to shoot this little girl in the face. <laughs> and then a little girl knew he was going to do that. And so she went over there and kicked his ass real quick. So That energy just screams what's-his-nuts from uh, Firestarter that needed to be the one to kill the girl. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, Judd. But then I wrote Church the Cat. Just because he was so just chaotic. <laughs> and I love that he was just on the street like, man, I'm going to beat your dad up. Hey, yep. come, come pick me up, Ellie. And it's like, psych, there's a car. And he dives out the way. When the trailer skids into Ellie, you see Church like, oh, my God. And dives out the way. Yep. He just said, you. Church like, you should have been looking. Uh. And he dives out the way. So, uh, Tuck and roll. Yeah. Yeah, the fact that that 9 or 10 year old girl was not smart enough to look both ways before she walked into the fucking street. Yeah. Come on. But yeah. She's like, my cat. Come on. Nothing else. But yeah, no, Church was a mess in this movie, so. But I liked him in the original. He was just pissed off, so. Plus they moved from a fucking big city. Like, there's no way she didn't know to look both ways or to be holding a parent's hand before she walked into the street. That's for fucking sure. the kids I watch know from as soon as they're able to walk, you are not allowed to go anywhere near the street unless you're holding my hand. And even the bigger kids, now that they're old enough to, like, do their own thing, they still, the, what, eight-year-old still has to hold my hand when we cross the street unless yep. he's on a bike or something. And I still have to give the okay to cross the street, even yep. if they're on bikes or whatever. Like, ten-year-old is, like, eager to go do their own thing. I'm like hold on, let me check, and I look both ways, and they look both ways, and then we walk across the street. <laughs> Come the fuck on. Yeah. We were literally raised on the want to cross the street, eyes and ears to listen, then you use your feet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, my mom has taught that to my son, and I'm like, 
Yeah, no, I've seen way too many people get just mowed down. So. Yup, so, that ain't it. People be acting fucking wild out here. So, Katie, who is your least favorite character? Easily the dad. Yeah, you're right, Louis. Easily. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I already already said what I had to say, really, about there the dad earlier. There are redeeming moments just, for him. Loss is a big deal, mm-hmm. and everyone processes it in their own way, but that doesn't mean that little kids can't. Yep. Just because... Your wife has a problem or had a problem processing it when she was a kid. Mm-hmm. Hers was very traumatic. Like, you... Yes. Yeah. But that doesn't mean that you shouldn't be teaching your children about loss. They could be watching fucking a TV show and, like, you know, an animal or something dies in a TV show. Like, what are you going right. to do then? Like... Bluey's pet snake dies. Like, what are you gonna? What are you gonna do? Right. You're just gonna say, "Oh, that's that's pretend." Blue, it's gonna come back. It'll come back to life. Like, right. no, you just like sometimes people die or things die, and that's just life. Sometimes exactly. it's just like <laughs> that was like step one in the wrong direction of parenting, and he just kept going, skipping down that road. Right. Just, He's like, "Well, he I've already started this." Kept way, so. going. It was like, hey. Uh, there's this cemetery thing you could you could uh, bury your cat in, but your cat's gonna come back weird. Fuck it, let's do it. Um, your house is right in front of a big ass like highway where trucks are going 90 miles an hour. Um, for who the fuck knows why? Oh yeah, let your kids play hide and seek. Don't put up a fence. Mm-hmm. Are you fucking kidding me? I know you got the money. You're a doctor. You bought 50 acres. You could yeah. afford a fucking fence around your front yard. Yeah. Just so many things about the dad's character that was just like... Out here being a liability. You are so shitty. Go away. <laughs> mm-hmm. He did. <laughs> he did. Well, and then when he did come back at the end, the whole, like, the the ending of this movie bugged me so much when they, like, all converged onto that truck, onto that car. Like, it sucks because what should have happened was instead of locking your kid who is not smart enough to deal with the locks yet into a car that he can't get out of and killing him no matter what yeah like if the parents don't get in to kill him or the family doesn't get in to kill him like He'll their suffocate. plans are he's gonna suffocate because he's a child or he's gonna starve to death if yeah. he doesn't suffer like there's so many things that can go wrong what he should have done was picked up the goddamn phone and p- called any other person mm-hmm. that was at that birthday party yep Hey, we got some shit going on. Please hey, come help. there's some serious stuff going on. Can you please come take my son? Take like just pick him yep. up. He will be at this it, at this spot. Break the window. You know, I'm gonna put him in the car. Break the window. Come get him. Yeah. And it needs to happen now. Yeah. Because if any one of my friends that has kids called me with a call like that, immediately I would be in the car towards their house. Like mm-hmm. there, it's not even a question. Like. Something serious is going down. I need someone to watch my one-year-old. Sure. Yeah. I'll be there in a heartbeat. Like, dude, no, you just, like, locked your kid in a car and sealed his yeah. fate. No you matter what, that little regard- that little child is dead. Yeah. Like, ugh, the dad was so fucking horrible. And then he drugged his neighbor. For what? Because he knew he was going to stop him. How, how is that old man going to stop him? Well, Tell him this guy's, like, 85. <laughs> He knew it would be more issues if he was awake when he did what he had to do. Yep. Dumb. And 
What the fuck were the visions of that guy who died at the hospital? Yeah. He didn't do yeah, anything. Stop throwing at everybody. Shit. What? No, it all has to do with the 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 dad. Oh, okay. Well, he had those visions of that guy that died at the hospital, yeah. but they didn't make any sense. I'm sorry that you have whatever <laughs> ten words about whatever, okay? Go ahead. Well, I also I wrote the dad, but I also wrote dying children is my least favorite character. You're right. I You're hate right. movies where the kids die yeah. in easily preventable ways. Yeah. Makes me nuts. Yeah. So... It's weird. I don't have a problem when they're like, like in it. Yeah. I didn't really have a problem with that. Yeah. So much because it was, I don't know, it was different. There was like this weird murder it clown was, that yeah. would like pulled him into the sewer, and I was mm-hmm. like, okay, well that sucks, and it's horrible that he died, but it wasn't as traumatic as a. Like, a normal thing that could happen to people. Like, the, the clown in the sewer, that's so far beyond belief that yeah. you're like, ha, huh, okay, sure. But a kid getting hit by a semi, that's a real thing. That happens yeah. frequently. More yeah. frequently than it ever should. Um, yeah. It's too much. Agreed. So, oh, what was yours? I wrote down Lewis slash Victor not helping family. So, like Katie was saying at the end, Victor's just this ghost. And in the book... He warns people. He does so much more things because he's like, I'm dead. I can see what's over there. Do not go over there, dude. Like, he didn't go to heaven the second he died. He turned to Lewis and was like, please don't go to that fucking cemetery by your house. And he's like, what are you talking about? He's like, just just trust me. I'm a ghost. I've been a ghost for seconds. Don't go over there. <laughs> I don't even know what I'm doing. I don't even know why I said that. So, like I said, in the book, he does a lot more. There are scenes where he's actually just sitting there talking to Lewis about things and he's like seriously don't fuck around with that cemetery I don't understand what they were trying to do with him cause I guess they just used him as a scare because he just would pop up in dark corners mm-hmm. standing places and I'm and like there was no explanation yeah so they just used him as a oh hey scary dead guy standing there I'm like yeah. he's not supposed to be scary he's a fucking corpse just trying to stop somebody else from dying so I didn't like that they used him just as a jump scare when they did. That was kind of shitty. But, yeah, Lewis is crap. But a story like this, somebody's got to be an idiot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and Lewis was 100% idiot. He went just full send on that. And, like, <laughs> I don't give a shit. So, like I said, someone's got to be dumb in these kind of stories to keep it going. So, let's do seven-word synopsis. I actually had him on my phone. I was like, where the fuck are I? So... My first one is, sometimes dead is better. Here we go. Like, the second judge said it, I looked at Kelly, like, here we fucking go. <laughs> it's trying to get real stupid right now. Um, movie flipped the script on kid death. I would say that's the, there are a couple of thumbs up for me, but that got me. Because I was like, oh, Gage is in the street. Here we go. He's going to get demolished. He got saved. What the fuck? I was so... Oh, fucking thankful because Otis has been telling me about like kind of the plot like what was mm-hmm. going to happen in this movie before we had watched it um, leading into this episode and when the little kid was like creeping towards the street and was I was like oh my god no please don't <laughs> please 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 don't make me watch this like little less than two year old get hit by a fucking semi because mm-hmm. he's going to be 
blasted across, like all over this pavement. And I was just like, my heart was racing. That moment is so terrifying in this movie. Mm-hmm. And then it was a little girl, and like it was still bad, but first it's a lot more. I don't know, less sad. It's still really sad. It's a lot easier to handle, I guess, with a t- like a ten year old getting hit yeah. by a car rather than a fucking baby. Yeah, like babies don't know what to do, can't do shit. Like there's, oh, stick a move. So rough. Danger roll, baby. Danger roll. <laughs> so rough. So my next one, Pet Cemetery, more like Mumbles the Movie. And I think Katie said Mumbles the Movie. And so I just took it. That was fine. And then, hey, it's a Wendigo. Where's the Winchesters? You were yeah. They could take care of that problem. Absolutely. They probably have. Yeah. And then, these Prius trucks are quiet as fuck. And like we were saying, these bad boys are going buck fifty down this road. You can only hear them until they're a second away from hitting you. And you're like, what's that? Uh? And then you're dead. Right. And then I wrote another one because I read a little fun fact about this movie. My last one is, Guillermo del Toro should have made this movie. So, a few years ago, he actually said, out of all the movies that I've wanted to do and a movie that I would absolutely kill to get a chance to do, it's Pet Cemetery. And he's like, I know they made a new one recently and stuff, but let some time go by. I will absolutely rock it if I could make a version. Because there are things in the book that are absolutely gross. Like, this, when Gage's coffin gets opened, his face got, like, mold on it and stuff. Like, he was like, I would make the most fucked up version of this movie. I would be terrified and he, of a Guillermo del Toro. One day he said, I'm going to do it one day. So we are going to get another virgin, version. The Pet Cemetery one day with Guillermo del Toro, and I'm like, thumbs fucking up, man. As long as they make Gage older than they did in this movie, because Gage was seriously, he was like uh, still being carried by his parents. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, he was in a pack and play. Yeah, he was a baby in arms. Like, like, I'm okay with them making it still like Gage. That's fine. I don't care if it's a boy or a girl that gets killed, as long as the kid is like. Old enough to have known better, I guess, because mm-hmm. the the like little baby thing was too much. Just like a bad idea. Yeah, yeah. Katie just doesn't go down right. Okay, um, reanimated cat is murderous. Must reanimate daughter. <laughs> <laughs> uh, neighbor becomes friend. Teaches you corpse reanimation. <laughs> uh, would have noped out of house. Out of yeah, would have noped out of house. At masked procession. Yup. Yeah, it was kind of crazy. There's a moment, like, uh, the day after they move in, a couple mm-hmm. days after they move in, where uh, Judd and the mom are, like, I don't know, having lemonade or something, like, out on the thing, and these they kids... They haven't met Judd yet. The the daughter had the already. Mom? No, not yet. This is, like, right when they moved in. The mom and uh, Ellie were outside talking... And Ellie sees this random group of kids walking by with masks on. Oh, That's why okay, she okay. Goes she asks. Yeah, 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 yeah. So That's there's where she just meets like this Jen. random procession of fucking kids with these like animal masks on mm-hmm. that are walking through their land um, with like a bag on one of the kids' backs, and the mom's so just like, "What with a dog on it? What the fuck?" The mom yeah. is looking at this procession, just confused as shit, mm-hmm. and. That would have been the moment. <laughs> I'd have noped out of there where so fast. I would have told Otis, um, we're not staying here tonight. Yeah. 
And then she proceeds, like, she goes to the cemetery and sees the fucking, yeah. like, all the gravestones and is still, like, cool, let's keep living here. And, and then, like, after they meet Judd a couple days later, she asks Judd what the fuck the deal is with the cemetery. And he kind of explains it to her. Yeah. How it's become, like, this ritual and, like, the town, like, kind of all participates in it. And yeah. she's still, like, cool, 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 sure, let's stay promising. here. <laughs> Absolutely not. Put yeah. up fences, you dumb motherfuckers. Yep. Steal ones. Yeah. All yeah. around. And salt. Electrified. With salt. Yep. <laughs> Electrified program to shoot out salt. Jesus. Also surrounded yeah. by salt. <laughs> yes. All the salt. Make a ring of salt around your house because your shit was haunted as fuck. Agreed. Okay. I have Lithgow is always a primo character choice. Yes. Mm-hmm. And then Little Murdelator wrecks everyone with no regerts. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then whole thing could have been avoided by honesty. Mm-hmm. If you'd have just told your fucking kid that her cat died, wouldn't have had this fucking problem. Yep. Uh, kid wouldn't have been depressed. You wouldn't have had to play stupid games. You wouldn't have had to win dumb prizes. Like, come on now. <laughs> and then my two alliteratives, Creed Kid catches creepy kids carting carcass. And then Secret Cemetery, Sunken Skulls, Staircase, Supernatural Specimens. <laughs> nice. So, this film, actually, take it back, Minority Kill Count. So, all I can think of is... Victor Pascal. Yarp. So that was the only person in this film that got destroyed, and he was not white. So minority kill count is at 218. The Tito Turtle. No mas. No mas. No I guess church wasn't white, but <laughs> church was a lot of colors, so I don't know. Church was twisted. Yeah. <laughs> so this film came out April 5th, 2019. Uh, what do you ladies think the box office, the, excuse me, what do you ladies think the budget for Pet Cemetery was? Katie? $15 dues. $15 dues. Emma? Seems to be the trend. I'm going to go with $12 dues. $12 dues. I get what you're coming from. Maybe Katie did it went a little too high. You both went a little too low. Oh, damn. So the budget was $21 dues. Hmm. Not bad. You were. Both no, it's were still it's close. still within the. I mean, yeah. this is like the trend of the Stephen yeah. King movies that we've done. They're all within that twelve to yeah. twenty. Yeah, they're range. all pretty cheap because I mean, well, I think it it, 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 it was, was really pretty expensive. expensive well, yeah. But I mean, that was a lot to that. But it is an on. It is an ensemble cast. Yeah, like, yeah. it's not just like here's a family of the here's a family of four and yeah. one other person like, in a in a woodsy yeah, in the woods. No. Yeah. Fucking it was like, here's eight kids, and then here's eight kids as grown-ups, and also all of their parents, and all of their nightmare fuel, and all of the bullies, and the racists, and the whole town, and the cops, like, it's just like, here's some more cast members. Yeah, that's some shit. Yeah. Okay, so what do you think the box office was, Katie? Oh, see, I had originally thought that this movie had come out in 2020, so my box office was lower than... What it probably should have. So I'm gonna say seventy. Seventy dollars. Emma. I put a hundred. One hundred dollar dues. 
So the box office was one hundred and thirteen dollar dues. Good so, thing I changed it. My God, original one was like thirty because <laughs> well, well, I thought yeah, it, I thought it, it had come out in twenty twenty. Yeah. I was oh, like, yeah. if it this if this came out during COVID, this made no money because yeah. nobody yeah, went and saw anything right before. Yeah. So it this movie it released alongside Shazam. Shazam. That's where I was. Yeah. That's the theater I was in. <laughs> and then The Best of Enemies. That was Never Sam heard. Rockwell and Taraji P. Henson. It looks mm-hmm. like Taraji P. Henson's probably teaching him about racism. Sounds right. <laughs> That's what it looks like. So, um, But no, Shazam probably for sure was doing work. So Yeah. But no, it, it made its money easy. So it... It's this new renaissance of Stephen King films because this new line of directors are like, I remember this movie when I was a kid. I remember this book when I was a kid. I'm going to make the most ridiculous version of this story. Just like It. They were like, It scared the fuck out of me. I'm going to do a better It. And I think they kind of did. So this movie, like I said, wasn't bad. But, I mean, financially, everybody went to check it out just to see if it was going to be better. Mm-hmm. So, for a modern version of the story, yeah, it did great. So, March 2019, the discussions of a development of a prequel has begun. Oh, so God. They want to... Make Gamera Del Toro do that one. Yes, please. That's what I want. That'd be cool. Dude, a prequel of that dark ass cemetery and the how Wendigo that and how that full shit. Of bones got to yeah, that's full of bones. that's some Guillermo del Toro shit. That is shit. some del Toro shit. Yeah, that'd be cool. That's what I want. So, Ooh, I just got chills like that. That would be fucking <laughs> terrifying. Be so scary. I would, I would straight shit my pants. I'd be yeah. five minutes into this movie and I'd be like, y'all, I got a thing. I got an appointment. I gotta go. Yeah. Yikes. So uh, they're gonna talk about the rituals that the kids do at the beginning. The mythology of the Native American tribe, the Wendigo, the cemetery, and Judd's life. So there's gonna be a young Judd there, and so he's probably gonna be the main character because you know Judd's the cool person in this one. So we see that um, Jackson White. I don't know who that is, but he's gonna be the young Judd Crandall, and then a ton of people. Forrest Goodluck, Natalie, Allen Lind. She was. Oh, she was Dana in the Goldbergs. Hmm. Oh. So she's going to be in it. Uh, tons of people. Samantha Mathis. She was in, what, Pump Up the Volume? I don't know what that is. Henry Thomas. He was in, holy shit, is that the kid from E.T.? Yeah, Henry Thomas, Henry Jackson mm-hmm. Thomas Jr. He's going to be in this prequel with an undisclosed role. So... Yeah, the main kid from E.T. It's going to be Elliot from E.T. And the bong is actually <laughs> where the spaceship was landed. Fuck! So E.T. is It wasn't the, a Wendigo! Yeah, e. It was the beams! Yeah, E.T. is the real Wendigo. Fuck. <laughs> He's keeping people from the bog so he can build his ship better. It scares him away. So, it seems like they want to build more into this world. And I know someone out there is like, But Otis, they already tried to build more into this world in the 90s. Yeah, I was getting there. So, <laughs> yeah, they did. In what year was this horrible train wreck of a movie that happened? In 1992, starring Edward Furlong and Clancy Brown, they made Pet Cemetery 2. Stephen King asked to have his name taken away from the title. <laughs> <laughs> it is not that good. 
uh, we're never going to review this. So, budget eight million, box office seventeen. It is a few years later after the events of the first movie, and it's just a new family. They were going to make Ellie because Ellie survives in the book and the movie. They were going to make Ellie the survivor of the second, you know, movie and her dealing with shit. But they didn't think that a movie with a young female lead, a young teenage lead, would sell back in the 90s. So they didn't go with that. And guess who is a hot fucking commodity in the 90s? Edward Furlong. So they're like, fuck it. New family ends up in town and they discover the cemetery. And then the whole cycle continues. I want to say Anthony Edwards is the dad. Clancy Brown. Jared Rushton. He was in Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. I don't know who he was in it. But no, this movie was poop. But I watched it because I was like, Pet Cemetery 2, awesome. And I was like, oh, that wasn't awesome. <laughs> but yeah, I, I watched it, but it was, wasn't that good. So somebody sees the awesomeness of this world, so they want to build more to it. So maybe we'll get something good. I'm here good. for it. Maybe we'll get something good down the road. It's an interesting world. So does anybody have anything else to say about Pet Cemetery? It's a pretty good movie. Pay attention to your kids. Yes, please. Yeah, that's really Watch them. Especially if you're outside. Have tough conversations with your kids. Please don't sugarcoat it. Yeah. Let your kids know about the real world. Death. It's a thing that happens. You're going to cause problems later if you can't be open. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so that is the last chapter of Stephen King Month. So real quick, we'll go over the movies that we've done. And I want to see what you guys thought, ladies thought, was the best one of this month. So we have 1408, Misery, Firestarter, the compilation, <laughs> and Pet Cemetery. So Katie, which one did you enjoy the most? <clears throat> Misery. Yeah, Misery's fucking great. <laughs> um, Misery was easily the most well-acted. There was mm-hmm. only like three characters in that yeah. whole film. Um, and not to say that less characters makes it a better movie, because 1408 had one plus like Samuel Jackson for five minutes but just both Kathy Bates and what's the guy's name oh god he just Carl James Con thank you James Con and Kathy Bates acted the shit out of their roles in Misery and this just the story is fucking interesting as hell and oh, it's, it's just so it's good. Haunting. Misery it's really is good. misery is haunting and it's creepy and like you feel for the writer and you kind of feel for Kathy Bates in moments because she's so goddamn good at her job. Mm-hmm. Like and just like the hobbling moment is oh like God. that is disturbing oh. and will disturb you for the rest of your life if you've ever watched it. Like it is just. Inc- You'll never misery look at is, a hammer the same again. Misery is incredible. Yep. Uh, Emma. I'm going to have to agree. Um, I've enjoyed 1408 for a long time. That movie is very good. Uh, Firestarter was all right. Yeah, it wasn't bad. It, it was not a terrible movie. It was, uh, Could have been better. Yes, very much so. Should have been better. Um, this movie was good, but very problematic. Yeah, this should have um, been better, too. But... No, every single aspect of Misery was done to the highest capital letter T that it could have been done to. And it was just 
absolute gold. I was fucking messed up after that hobbling for a little while. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, no, I would have to agree. Misery is the winner for sure. Yeah, so as Emma was talking about the other movies, and I mumbled, could have been done better. Yeah, Pet Cemetery could have been done better. Firestarter definitely could have been done better. I think the first Firestarter was actually really good. Well, it was yeah, good. But, it just needed some yeah. small tweaks. But it was close to the book. Oh yeah, but thinking about fourteen oh eight, which was a short story, so it built really good. But no, misery, misery's the banger of this this list, man. Yeah. It's fucking great. Paul Sheldon fighting for his fucking life against a crazy chick. Annie is one of my favorite villains of all time. Is Annie Wilkes? She is so good because she's so nice. And then she starts yelling cock duty and all this stuff. And it just <laughs> yeah. wants to blow out your ankles. And I'm like, that's terrifying, yeah. man. So, no. Misery was one of the best stories. She is quite the best. So far, of all the Stephen King movies I've ever seen, Misery's probably number two. Yeah. Yeah. It's fucking... It's good, man. I'm scared. They probably could make a... It probably wouldn't be better than this version. But I know someone's probably itching to make another Misery. No. Don't do it. Please don't. I... I will assume someone in this world's like, I could do that better. You won't. Here's the thing. The only way that you can make another misery. Like, James Conn was really, really good. Okay? Really, really, really fucking good. But he could be replaced. There are many actors who could take his place. Like, I could see many people, like, just pick an actor. He could probably do that same job. But Annie Wilkes is a special kind of crazy um, and Kathy Bates did so well. The only way I'd want to see it is like if it was Kathy Bates again. Yeah, old or, ass Kathy Bates. Or if it was someone of Kathy Bates' acting caliber. Like yep. I'm talking fucking Meryl Streep. Like, dude, you know, on that level, just okay, like no, but- multiple Oscar winner. Like, can just transforms into fucking roles. <laughs> Like, For real, I would pay massive amounts of dollars to see Meryl Streep be a murder-laden little cockadoodie anything. Yeah, yeah. Cool. she would be terrifying. Yeah, that'd be pretty cool. But honestly, yeah. please don't remake it. But there, so but good. I can't see anyone because like this movie came out in like the eighties. Mm-hmm. Kathy Bates was like in her thirties. There are no actresses right now in their 30s that I can see pulling this off, pulling that craziness off that would work the same way. Like, we've seen some people do crazy. Like, what's her... Margot Robbie Mm -hmm. as Harley Quinn, fantastic. Like, you're incredible at that kind of crazy. This is a different kind of crazy. Like, I don't know. I just can't see it from anyone else. Yeah. But, no, Misery's great as... We're all in the same train. Choo-choo. So, with that, that is the end of the show. So, if you have any other cool fun facts about Pet Cemetery or why Dead is better or, you know, just fucking Herman Monster being awesome, you can tweet us at... Allentownpod. We have an email. It is... Allentownpresents at gmail.com. Wait, I have a Facebook app. Allentownpresents. So, the music you listen to right now, that is Flipping the Combined Effort. Flip in the C-E anywhere you can search for them. Thank you, Studio Fitas. Thank you so much for the artwork. So with that, that is the last... Unfortunately, we'll, we'll come back. There's tons of movies he's done. Um, but that's the end of Stephen King month. And now we are dancing. Just 
skipping. We're so much closer to the Halloween Screamathon. One more month, y'all. But before we get to the Halloween Screamathon, we are going to do foreign horror. Oh man, I'm so excited what Korean films we find that are going to be absolutely amazing. I'm sure there will be many. <laughs> oh, and then... It's going to be like 90% Korean films. What are we going to do when we're like out of... Yeah, be sad. I'll make out more! Of yeah. We gotta go to other countries. Just get a stick. Who's been doing animal, Like Denmark, Sweden, mm-hmm. the, that little area. Like Norway. Norway, Sweden. that whole area. They got some fucked up shit too. Like their horrible movies have been good. Yeah. But no. Uh, and what was it? The, the hunt? No. The ritual. The ritual. That, that shit was, was weird as fuck. <laughs> yeah. No, there, there's some great ones out there. So I'm excited. And then I'm gonna sit everybody down again. And hopefully I'll tell them early so they can think about it. But we'll go over our top five best scary movies of this season because Halloween Screamathon's coming, y'all, and then we got to start over. And then we'll and then we'll find the poop movie of the year. I don't know what this one because we don't got rubbers here, so I'm curious <laughs> curious what's gonna be the poop movie. Maximum uh, overdrive. Yeah. Uh, I'm actually curious what the poop movie is gonna be because we watched a lot of bangers. So thank you so much for listening. And we'll see you next week with a foreign horror movie, and I think it's going to be mine, so it's going to be fucking great. Okay, bye, guys. Bye. Toots? No, no, don't listen to that podcast. No, you don't want to do that. No, oh, no, oh, my tendon. Oh, I guess I have to listen to all the episodes again. Dead is better.